And welcome to episode 20 of the Harry Potter Lexicon podcast. And once again, my name is Steve Vanderark. I am the creator and editor-in-chief of the Harry Potter Lexicon website. And I'm Nick Moline, the tech wizard and apparently most hated person on the Lexicon. <laughs> most ha- why, why, why are you the most hated person on the Lexicon? I'm sorry, did I miss that one? Oh, I'm just going ahead and reading the stuff from later on. <laughs> oh. Later on in the notes here. When we talk, yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, okay. No, I don't think you're hated, but yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah, we do have a, we do have a, a feedback uh, that I'm not going to read all of, but I'm going to read part of because this has been something which was part of our discussions as we were working on the lexicon, but it uh, uh, came back at us in a feedback. So I thought I'd bring it up. But let's uh, before we do that, I want to do a little, little update on the lexicon. You know, we are live, of course. Right. Um, it's kind of no point in saying that anymore since it is now the lexicon. Yeah. But I want to ask you, Nick, um, we have the old site because some people have said, can we still get to the old site? Now, people can still access the old site, correct? At least portions of it, yeah. I mean, we've got it set up with redirects so that if you try to access certain pages, it comes to the new site. But a good portion of the old site is still there. It still gets a lot of traffic, too. Okay, so for for example, if somebody, um, because I know I've had people say, you know, where's the timeline, which is another, we're going to talk about that in a minute, but where's the timeline? Well, the old timeline, is it still accessible? Uh, mostly, the, the dynamic portions of the timeline are not working on the legacy site at current. Oh, okay. Yeah. So legacy is, it's legacy.hp-lexicon.org is where you get to that. Um, I'm not saying that because I want you to abandon the lexicon, uh, but just because... If there's a particular page that you're particularly, you know, wanting to see or needing to see, you can try to find it that way. Another thing to do is just to let me know. I mean, send feedback. Because if there's a page, I mean, for example, people were right away saying, where are the day-by-day calendars? Now, the reason the day-by-day calendars are not on the new lexicon is because they are huge tables which just don't work for uh, responsive design, you know, a, a website you can use, let's say, on a phone. Yeah, but they they're still there, and, and so, it's it's amazing how much phone traffic the lexicon is getting. Um, isn't that I've noticed that in the and the and the analytics? I was I was very surprised. I, I, there are days when it when it's more than fifty percent. It's it's incredible. Um, and the old site was unusable on phones. I know that yeah, for a fact. I've I tried. Yeah, I've tried to. Uh, mm-hmm. So well. So, uh, so that answers one of the questions of, I guess, of what we will be talking about. But um, back to the uh, legacy site. If there is a is a section or a page or something that you are looking for, and yeah, by all means, you can try to find it that way. But you can also let me know because there are pages that I am working to bring over into the new site, and if there are things that I can bring over, I'll be happy to bring over something if I know somebody's looking for it. So. So yeah. there is that. I saw somebody uh, somebody posted a comment this morning, and then very quickly you started editing a uh, editing yeah. a, editing a page yeah. corresponding to that about uh, yeah. Dumbledore's watch, right? So, right. Oh, yeah. exactly. Yeah, that that was because okay, that was embarrassing because they said you don't have anything about Dumbledore's watch. I'm like, yeah, I know we do, and I looked, and we didn't have anything about Dumbledore's watch. That's, I think it might be in a watch shocking. entry. Yeah, there, there, but it's, it's in yeah. another article somewhere. Right. Yeah. But nobody's going to just search for watch and hope to find Dumbledore's watch. They're going to search for Dumbledore's watch, yeah. you know. And so, yeah, so I quickly took care of that one. So if, if there's things that, you're, that, that, that people see, I mean, I read every feedback and try to respond and try to, uh, uh, try to work on that. Because here's the thing. Well, let, let's, let's, let's talk about this. I'm going to read a little bit of this, this feedback that I got. Um, this is somebody who was very disappointed. They said um, that it was harder to find the information they need. 
which I that that I'm because you can just search for it and it's pretty easy to f- search for especially now that we have the ABCs but I see that I think that what they're talking about especially when you read the rest it says especially I miss the way teachers and students before were put in the four houses it was easy to find what house people were in and what year now that is impossible I think that refers to if I, if a, a different way of thinking about looking for information mm-hmm. by by sort of groups and categories right rather than alphabetically or by searching for a term or something. And I think that's an important point because how can we, how can, now, now that we're getting all the data into the lexicon in the form of, you know, discrete pieces of information, you know, what I call an entry. We have an entry for Dumbledore's watch. We have an entry for Dumbledore. We have an entry for, now, how can we take that and start to create these sort of, I don't know, what do you call it, a category page or is that something that we can do? I mean, that's, um, in general, the reason for, like, the tag pages and category pages and stuff like that, right? I mean, that's... Right, sure. Um, what what we need to work on is ways of kind of the ability to, like, collate these things, right? Like, yeah, look at yeah, two tags at the same time, um, oh, which sure. is, you know, the ability... That, like, I want to say, I want to look at the Gryffindor cat- tag and the teacher tag at the same time and get the cross section of that to get a list of all teachers who went to who were in Gryffindor house sure. you know um, okay. and the infrastructure's there um, the UI okay. to do something like that is tricky because um, it's hard uh-huh. to make it easy to understand so it's okay. it's definitely on the to-do list but yeah okay good well that's we, that's good anyway and and I'm thinking about that too and I'm thinking because I did a, the whole Hogwarts section I had to redo it completely because it was it, as I was as I brought it over and I, I'm trying to remember I don't know if I went back and looked at the old like the Gryffindor page and whether that whole page has been brought over to the new site as is because I think that's what they're talking about or whether that be something because I don't want to make a page where I have to type everybody's name. No. Because then when somebody gets added, I have to remember to go. That's kind of the point of this. I don't want to have to go back and remember to add that person to that page. Right. I want it to happen automatically. And, yeah, that's the things we're, we're definitely working on. Like one of the, okay. I know one of the things we talked about recently, we talked about on, uh, you know, having the family pages automatically show the list of people in that family under it and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, we we sure. mentioned that recently. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I guess my answer, and, and I, I send a nice, uh, a more detailed email in response to this, but um, but I guess that makes me think, okay, we still have work to do. We yep. still want to, this is not a finished project. So uh, the, the upshot of this is if you are someone who is a, a user of the Lexicon and you're looking at it and saying, well, I wish I could do this or I wish this would happen. Hey, send us some feedback because this is very helpful stuff for us. Yeah, it you helps know, we, us know what we need to prioritize. For example, exactly. you know, the alphabet pages were always on the to-do list, but they were relatively uh-huh. low on the to-do list because they didn't, we didn't think they were that important. Then well, after, we found out otherwise. Yeah. When we went live and we got feedback after feedback of the number one feature that everybody wanted was the alphabet pages. Mm-hmm. We, we bumped that to the top of the to-do list and yeah. you know, we knocked that out and now there's alphabet yeah. links. And, and, everywhere. and, and, and I'll be honest with you. I, I use those myself now, even though I, kind of know where everything is but you know those are really helpful now here's the last thing i want to just this is the last phrase that i want to read from this feedback because this one really got me it says where is the fantasy where's the fairy tale feel that we all loved so much visiting this site used to be an adventure in itself 
Oh boy, that hurt. Because that's does where hurt. that's that's what we that's I I get that it's because the old the old site was was kind of handcrafted. Yeah. And I get that, and um, so anyway, it just that was that's an interesting comment because maybe once these categories start to come together, that will become something that's more. Well, yeah, but, you know, the way that end of that feedback read, it almost reads like they just, they hate the look of the site, you know, and I, Mm -hmm. to be fair, you can't, I need to, (laughs) you can't, especially with all the artwork and everything. Oh, yeah. It looks really Oh, the artwork's so great. I've just been beaming about a piece of artwork all day. Uh, (laughs) Oh, Oh, did did I don't know if, if listeners? I don't know if you know that we have it. We actually have a staff illustrator now. Yes, she's fabulous. She's I, fabulous, um, and her name is Hillary, and she has been working on uh, just some of the. If you've been on the main page and you've seen the, a, a character come up, and you think, "Who the world is that character? I've never heard of this person, Alberta Toothill or whatever." And there's actually a picture of Alberta Toothill. Where did they find that? Well, that's because what Hill's been doing is she's been kind of going through the character thing and just sending illustrations of these characters and it's so fun because what she does is she'll she'll go and she'll like uh, um oh i was thinking of the one which was uh oh, what's the name he's, he's he was a, a uh, in the department of magical law enforcement so she went and looked at pictures of detectives and cops mm-hmm. to try to get the look on the face yeah that's, that's think, how really cool great. is that yeah yeah so, have, you, have you seen the piece of art that she uh, made this morning Oh, it's like, no, I, uh, I noticed. I, I saw your email, uh, you know, to the editor saying, "Here, this is something that I kind of wanted to have." But no, I haven't had a chance. I've been busy. I had to actually mow my lawn today. So, oh, uh, you need to see it. It's it's uh, just so perfect. Uh, and yeah, it's it's definitely the. I've got this post that I've written that hopefully you'll approve and I can get published here soon. But uh, well, I read uh, the draft. I read I read a draft of it. So yeah, I, I revised it today. So I think okay. I think I fixed the, the the number one problem with it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> which was okay. You guys now. You guys are all in on our editorial decisions. Yes. <laughs> Nick wrote an article and and it had a problem. It had to be fixed. <laughs> well, it did. I kind of went off on a tangent that yeah, I didn't did. need to go off yeah, on. Did. And <laughs> I did my I did my editor job and I pointed that out. So yeah. Nick did his writer job and he's fixing it. So and our right. and but, our wonderful illustrator did her illustrator job. So we're just all uh, doing our jobs. Around oh here. yeah, she just did this great. <laughs> picture i can't wait to see it now i don't want to look at it now or i'll get distracted and i'm trying to stay with the show here okay okay so we've been talking okay that that's enough on that i do want to talk quickly though um one thing that i've been reading this is something i read on reddit uh they were having a discussion about the new lexicon which is always a little bit kind of weird when you you know it feels like you're sneaking in and eavesdropping on people talking about it well kind of you are and they're talking about uh, the new lexicon and the one thing that okay first of all they said they wanted alphabetical search that that complaint disappeared fast but now they're the the thing that's still out there is where's the timeline so nick where's the timeline i'm working on it um Mm -hmm. you know our 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 designer patricio made a beautiful layout for it but it's not the easiest one to convert uh so i'm working on it and i hope to have it done in the next week or so um, well, yeah. I guess I guess the thing that I want, the way I imagine it is, I want it to be this sort of thing where where you kind of almost like the Marauders map of the timeline. Yeah. And so, like you know, when you want to focus in on one area, it kind of comes into view, and you can see all the things in that area. And 
So just make that, okay? Just just do that then. All right. No, I got one more to move. I got to go hang up now so I can work on it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, and uh, I do want to say too, and this is this is it's interesting because I had I was I was on Alahamora pod the Alahamora podcast the other day. And we were talking, and they asked me before, and they said, so, you know, um, are you putting all the information from Cursed Child in there? That probably is not, not a big deal. There's not that much. And I kind of laughed. I said, here's the problem. The lexicon is designed to automatically generate timelines for the bottom of the page. When you read Cursed Child, there are a minimum of five and up to eight different timelines, depending on how you define things. So all of a sudden, our lovely system for automatically generating timelines got really really confusing yep and they had never even thought about that but see that's yeah. part of what we're trying to do with the lexicon is this sort of interactive live data thing right well when the data gets all messed up like that it kind of throws us into a dither so you know i like to think of it as a as you know jk rowling thought that i needed a bigger programming challenge <laughs> yeah, that's exact. I'm sure that the, the welfare of us on the lexicon was number one on her mind. Yeah, yeah. sure. Uh, um, yeah, the the timelines are interesting when you have to deal with the fact that there are now parallel timelines, um, right? And that makes for interesting things. And and, and it's interesting because and we're and, and really I want I, I want to spend more time talking about Cursed Child. Let's let's it's kind of basically what we're going to talk about with this episode. Mm-hmm. But as long as we're on this subject and we're right there, l- let me just put this out there. I was thinking about this as I was looking at the timelines. I read your article which is very good and um looked at your chart which shows all the different timelines. I I I wonder if we are not how do I put this? It almost like we're saying, okay, time travel therefore it has to work like this because it's time travel and it has to because if you see you know whereas i don't know that people who actually write this stuff who are not like big into science fiction and think about that stuff ever think about all of those ramifications and multiple timelines because here's why i thought of it the character of okay uh, we better stop right now yeah if you have not if you have (laughs) not read cursed child if you have not um if, if you don't want to be spoiled and and I'm talking about having, I'm not talking about having seen the play because I haven't seen the play either. But if you haven't read it and don't want to be spoiled, then maybe this is not the podcast for you right now. Maybe yes, it's time for you to shut this off because we are going to freely talk about what's in the script. Yes. Okay. Excellent. Okay. I've been waiting that, uh, to talk to you about the script yes. for a long now, time. Now, if if any if any of you are have now now leaving, uh, we're waving and don't leave forever. Well, the next podcast we promise won't be all about cursed child. Okay. Yeah. Now back to it. So here's the thing: the character of Delphi, which right. is how you. How you pronounce it, by the way, I learned. Or Delphini, depending on where in the right. script you are, because right. you have apparently Delphi, two names. Delphi, Delphi is the shortened version of Delphini. Okay. So that's the that's the that's the straight answer. So Delphi appears to almost be outside of the changes of timelines. Yes, and uh, I think I made mention of that, and that's a yeah. And the point being that, and we can say, oh, that can't be. It's not okay, but it is, and so. As with other things, I think we have to look at it and say they just wrote it without any regard for that stuff. They just wanted to tell a good story. And so I think that to some extent, we are going to have to accept the fact that in their minds, there are not eight different timelines. Well, There's you know, I, I have theories about Delphi because I've been trying to think of that exact same problem for a while. But uh, mm-hmm. why don't we get through the news first and then we'll come back and let's, we'll dig into stuff. 
Okay, all right, all right. Uh, well, very quickly on the news, things that are new. Uh, there's been a rumor out there for a while that Warner Brothers is looking at to make a Cursed Child movie. Bollocks. We talked a little bit about the trademark <laughs> thing. They've talked about. They've talked about. Uh, oh, there was a big rumor. I mean, it was like in in like Huffington Post and things. It was not just in the yeah t- areas. And, and you know why were, though? That, that was they, funny. That they were trying to get a hold of Daniel Radcliffe to right to play himself or so play Harry. If, if you've been paying close attention. It's kind of interesting. You can kind of see this was a giant game of telephone with with writers on the internet. All right. You don't say that no, never happens. Not at all. So if you can you can actually like look at all the timestamps of all these different posts that talk about this rumor, and you can see the arc. It actually starts from something that has nothing to do with Warner Brothers just making a movie. It starts with someone asking Daniel Radcliffe if he would be open to the idea of playing Harry in a Cursed Child movie. And his answer was, right now I would say no, but I will never close the book on that and be, you know, Uh totally against it because Harry's been a big part of my life. And if it was a great, great story, I'd go see I'd go do it. Mm -hmm. So it starts from there. And then day after day, the story starts shifting to the point that somebody posts up, like you said, it even made it as far as Huffington Post, Warner Brothers is making a Cursed Child trilogy with Daniel Radcliffe in the in the title role. And no, that didn't happen. <laughs> right, right. And what was interesting is that I, I MuggleNet tweeted, Yeah. Uh, no, there is no plans for a movie. Nobody's talking to Daniel Radcliffe. You know, be careful what you're reading and who you're listening to. Yeah. And that was my first, because I kind of barely was aware. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. I'm a teacher, and I just went back to starting started school up again, so things are bad. I've been a little bit distracted. So that was my big thing. When I saw their tweet, I went, what? Yeah. And then I kind of backtracked a little bit and said, okay. Well, just so you know, you can trust MuggleNet, people. If yeah. You, if, you, if you wonder about it, just... Go to MuggleNet and find out because Keith and those people are really up on this stuff. So, and Warner Brothers has yeah. now officially um, come out with a statement saying that they have no plans currently right. for a. They're not going to say that they're never going to do it. Well, I'm no, sh- because I think they would in a heartbeat if they got the chance. And but well, I don't think it's now. just about the chance. I just don't think that's where their focus is right now, and right. I don't think that's where the Cursed Child people's focus is right now. No, their focus is definitely on on Fantastic Beasts, as it should be. Yes, you know. So um, okay. Speaking of which, talk about a segue. Go for it. I, you, know, I'm, you know, I've been practicing for years. Um, fa- a whole bunch of Fantastic Beasts book apparently coming out books. Yeah, I, I mean, I've, like I could. All, I was all pulling it up on my phone. I lost count going through the list of books. Yeah. And I mean, and, and, and I have to be honest with you. I'm looking at it and going, okay, that's just a movie tie-in book. That's just a movie tie-in book. That's just a movie tie-in book. And that's what I said about the the Harry uh, the the ones about the Harry Potter films. I never bought any of them because it was right. all the film stuff, and you yeah. know, not that I didn't love the films, I do, but I just don't have enough room in my life to be as excited about the films as I am about the books. Certainly, because I'm really kind of ridiculously excited about the books. So, you know, I just kind of I, w- I would have liked to have seen them or bought them, but they're a little pricey, and you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. No big deal. Mm-hmm. And then I thought about it, and I thought, well, wait a minute. She wrote this one. Because, yeah, <laughs> this is different. And I don't want to have to buy all those books. I can't afford them. Yeah. You know? So, um, well, I, I think you can probably do without buying the 20 coloring books. 
Because yes. 20 of them are coloring books. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I'm good then because I really couldn't care less about coloring books. But Yeah. Um, uh, but I mean, um, so so you've got because we run the same we're running the same problem when it comes to Cursed Child, and this is something that that we've talked about. We'll talk about real briefly here. My attitude is, if it's visual stuff, that's what the our costume designers and everybody came up with. Mm-hmm. But if it's the words in the book, right? Okay, but that's this is her. She wrote the movie, so is what parts of the descriptions are? I don't know. It just gets so messy. So these books, I don't know. They sound exciting. I'll probably. Well, the the latest cover, them. the latest cover they announced. Uh, I think this morning they announced another cover. This one's the cover of the script, so you know that one. Yes, can... yes, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> uh, that one I'm getting. Yeah, that that one I believe I, I've already pre-ordered that one. That one. Oh, coming. have you? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, no, I will definitely, definitely be buying that, of course. Speak, and then, of course, speaking of books from Pottermore. Uh, <laughs> oh. Speaking of, let's see if we can get people to pay money for what they can get for free on the internet. Uh-huh, right. But they're pretty. Oh, my goodness. I love the covers. Yeah. They're so cool. At least they're cheap. Uh- <laughs> oh, yeah. two ninety nine. I mean, you know, I might just buy them anyway. I, I, here's my thing. If someone says, if I get an, you know, one of the people that I know that buys them, and it's probably you, and would say, oh, yeah, there is actually some new information in there, well, then I'll buy them. But right. if it's just the stuff on Pottermore... I you know I well supposedly there are at least three previously unpublished writings by Rowling, uh, in there. Okay, one in each book just to make us buy all three. I think so. Um, okay, I, I believe I can't remember what the one of them they mentioned what it was. Um, I I don't have it next in front of me, so I can't tell you which one it is. Okay. But they actually, I mean, these are there's like some articles that you know people have been following Pottermore know have been she wrote them but they've never been published and yeah uh apparently well, we've got we have some that i mean we have some that were published on the old pottermore that haven't been published that is that what you're talking about no i'm talking about ones that have never been published um oh she well, wasn't there wasn't there like one about slughorn or something yeah that that never got published I, but it's i think that's there? i think that's in one of the one of the books yeah i think it's in oh, okay. the uh there's one that's about teachers and i think it's in that one Okay. Um, and then there was one, I want to say there was something about McGonagall other than the great McGonagall stuff we already got. Oh man. I can't uh, imagine there could be more. That's like fabulous. That's one of the best things that her McGonagall bit is like one of the most well fleshed out stories. Well, that and Remus Lupin. Oh, Lupin just was good great. stuff. Yeah. She's never, I wish she'd do that with Sirius Black cause he's got to have a little story to I, him too. I really want to know about Sirius's childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. Yeah. That, that glimpse of inside Grimmel Place, when you get a glimpse of their childhood home, and all of a sudden there's this, you know, Regulus's room with his little handmade sign on the door, yeah. and all of a sudden they're like real people and like real kids. I know. And, and this, the Grimmel Place has never felt like somebody's house to me. Until then. Because I was yeah. on the set, and it felt like, I mean, it was designed to be a, to look like you were in a haunted house. And when I was in that set, I mean, even the, the bedroom that Harry and Ron were in, the bed was sprayed with like like paint spatters to make it look grungy and it was funny because if you looked under the edge of the pillow it was completely clean so it was just all sprayed right onto the surface of it oh, really? but, I mean the, the whole thing was not in any way it felt like a like a haunted house set it didn't yeah. feel like it had ever been anybody's home right and so that's why it's i yeah i think that'd be fascinating I, I totally agree. I'd love to see stuff about Sirius. Mm-hmm. I I haven't heard anything about something about Sirius, so I'm not going to get your hopes okay. up on that. But yeah, um, and 
I haven't either, and I've, I've, you know, there's a limit to how much time I put on that. If I have time, I'd rather work on the lexicon. But. Yeah. Okay, and then um, that, is there anything else going on right now? I mean, this is such an exciting time to be a Harry Potter that fan. We've really? Said that, uh, oh, I mean, it's amazing. September 1. September 1. September 1. Oh, <laughs> and her big mistake? And her big mistake. Oh, dear. <laughs> Wait, you mean yeah. J.K. Rowling got confused about a date? I'm shocked. Oh my gosh. <laughs> She's, I, I swear, I mean, uh, no offense, Joe, but she uh, multiple times has put, for example, she put that, um, that uh, the, the Battle of Hogwarts that was, was 1997 at one point, because it's the seventh book, I think. And mm-hmm. so she thinks that's the seventh. Yeah. Right. And <laughs> and I, the same thing happened with Dumbledore's death when she wrote that he was he died in 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 1996 on her website she actually put that and then had to I don't know if it ever got fixed before the website went down. But I mean this is just it's not a strong suit. We know that. We're all kind of we're good with it. But um she yeah, took it down so this time. <laughs> she did. She yeah. admitted she made a mistake, which is like, good. Yeah. But and I was, I was kind of you know the reason I found out about it was because Hypable when they posted about it, actually linked to the Lexicon's page about that event so that people could look at, or to, about the chapter, because mm-hmm. it has all the stuff about the date on there. So I thought it was pretty nice of them. I That's appreciate nice that. I'll have to, you know, pat Andrew on the back when I see him. Thank you for that. But um, So, yeah, that, that was just an interesting thing. And if you don't know what we're talking about, she, she tweeted out, that if anybody was, this is on September 1, if anyone's at King's Cross today, well, that's when uh, the, the uh, Albus will be heading off to his first day, first day of uh, Hogwarts. Well, no, that's next year, actually. Yeah. And so it's, but now, is, is James one year older than Albus or two? I thought he was two. Uh, he would have to be two because she did tweet last year and nobody corrected her. Right, exactly. Her so all of a sudden I thought, oh, was she wrong last year too? And we just didn't think about it, so. Yeah. Okay. I know. I think. I think. Uh, I think she was right last year. Um, I, th- yeah. I love her response. Did you see her? Uh, I sure did. I thought it was great. You know, see, that's in my that's mind. Gracious. It's already nineteen years later. I yeah. thought that was. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Doing the play, I just thought that was a perfect response. That made it was a sense. great response. You know, yeah. and so yes, technically it was a mistake, but I just thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. And and they, so yeah, that was there was that. Um, I love the fact that on the lexicon, I kept going back. I know we're kind of uh, working on. Not having every time you refresh the main page, having it change all the information on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did notice that the uh, the on this day stuff changed because there's so many things that happen on that day. So that was kind of cool. I like that. Yep. So anyway, all right. You want to talk about Cursed Child? Well, let's talk about Cursed Child. First of all, did you like it? Yeah, a lot. I mean, we talked before in previous podcast episode, and I mentioned that I was concerned and cautiously optimistic because I had been spoiled, and uh, I was hoping that the spoiler I had read was a uh, um, was a uh, somebody trolling uh, the internet, and they weren't. It was exactly. It was exactly, the, the book was exactly what I had been spoiled on, um, but it was a heck of a lot better uh, than my spoiler thought it was. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and, how and about you? I would, well, I liked it a lot, but I think partly the reason that I like it, liked it so much is because I'm a play director. I mean, I'm a right. theater director, that's what I do. And so for me, I'm used to reading scripts, I'm used to imagining seeing a play in my mind's eye. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just struck me that this script was written to be a to to 
be a play. Right. Not to be a Harry Potter novel. To yes. be a play. And they, with Rowling's blessing, it would seem, they didn't stick to the same exact genre, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean just play and novel. I mean, the world of the novel has a certain set of rules and sensibilities. In order to make a really exciting stage show, they broke some of those rules and went had different sensibilities. And the idea, I think, is it's okay. It's supposed to be a play, so it's going to be different. It's not the same. Well, you know, I, I know what you're talking. The type of thing you're talking about, and here's how I chose to rationalize it in my head. Right? If okay. the characters wrote a play about what would happen, what happened in this, assuming these the general events ha- took place, uh-huh. if they wrote a historical play, this is what they uh-huh. would have written. Ah, interesting. So kind of the way it's kind of the way Shakespeare writes about historical events but turns exactly. into a play. Right. So this so, was this is like a dramatic version of true events, maybe the novel, which would maybe not have been exactly the same. Right. Um okay. one of one of the key examples to this is the events, you know, let's again, if you still haven't hung up spoilers, mm-hmm. uh, the play begins the way the books end. It begins right. with it begins with a production of the epilogue. Mm-hmm. But it's not exactly the same. No. There are thing they say different things. There's sl- you know, you know, it focuses on different people. It uh-huh. is close enough but not exactly the same. Right. And so I think of that as well. It's just somebody else telling a story. So we had a conversation, I think a few episodes ago, we, I mentioned one of the things is everything in the books was told from Harry's perspective, right. with a few exceptions. Uh-huh. And because everything's told from Harry's perspective, the, the gaps, the things in the story that are missing are because it's what Harry either didn't see or uh, didn't remember correctly. So okay. I, I even choose to think of the books as not necessarily exactly what happened, but a representation of what happened. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. So oh, that's I a, just... That's a really interesting way to look at it. So because of that, you know, people talking slightly differently, people saying different things, um, you know, I'll, I'll go, here, I'll go alienate part of our audience. The Gospels in the Bible, they tell the same story. Sometimes they're even telling the exact same events, but they... They say it as if people said. Say it again. You had, you, okay, wait a minute. You had a. You had a. You. You. Sound dropped out. Just said, which. What are you talking about right now? I said, uh, let me let me alienate part of our audience here and mention the Gospels and the Bible, Matthew, ah, Mark, gotcha. Luke, and John. Uh-huh. Right, they sure. tell. They all tell the same story, the same sequence of events. They don't tell exact same sub stories, but mm-hmm. even when they are telling the same story, there's times when they'll say that. Jesus said something, and then the next book will say that he said something else. Well, it's the Correct, way these yeah. people remember it. Right. Um, sure. So I choose to think of Interesting. both the play and the books as, okay, let me imagine that, that the Harry Potter universe is a real world, because in uh-huh. my mind it is. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, but a different person is telling me a portion of the story and telling me in a different medium. So okay, but here's a problem then that, that comes, and this is a problem for us as certainly. a lexicon. Yeah. If we go with that kind of a concept, then somebody could come to us and say, okay, well, then you have no reason to eliminate the films because the films also are exactly the same thing. Somebody else telling the story of some objective reality from a different, in a different medium, 
And so that just equalized the books, the play, the movies. That equalized them as all being equally flawed, equally... That, that, and I'm not going there because I don't want to try to add the films to the lexicon. Well, and, so. and I, I think you know what you're saying. The only, the, of course, the difference here is Rowling's involvement, right? So we, we all know that her involvement in the films was minimal. Mm-hmm. Um, Even though a lot of people don't believe that, it's, it's, it is true. She was not on the set all the time. She did not tell them what to do. In fact, she intentionally didn't tell them what to do so they could go ahead and do what they do, make a movie. And you know the what? Play, because she believes that, what I'm right. saying here. She believes mm-hmm. that it's important for the different people to tell their different story. And I so, think it's true. I think the more that that happened, like when starting with the third film, the yeah. better the movies got. Well, the better the movies got as as adventure films, maybe not mm-hmm. the better they got but, at telling the Harry Potter story. But but, <laughs> but in a way, and, and and don't misunderstand this, that wasn't their job, right? No, their, their job, job is their job is to make a movie that everybody goes to see, right? Not to faithfully reproduce the book. Anyway, moving on on that, yeah. So now we've got Cursed Child, okay. Mm-hmm. We've got, as we were talking earlier, some problems with the use of time travel. Which um, I think I think we have to. I, I honestly think we have to simplify our our vision of time travel and not take our super picky version, which may be more scientifically accurate, if you can call something scientifically accurate, which is kind of weird science. But um, but I just don't think that that occurred to them. I well, don't think there, that the, well, one, I do I do think at least partially this occurred to them. If not, if for example, more so. Then it occurred to J.K. Rowling in when she was writing book three, uh, and that was kind of the point of my little article. Mm-hmm. Um, in when when she was writing book three, she says two very contradictory things. Um, one, Hermione warns Harry, which she says she got this warning from McGonagall, both of whom are you know both McGonagall and Hermione would be incredibly precise in their warnings, right? Okay. Just from their personalities. Sure. They, she, Hermione is warning Harry that changing time can have drastic, hor- horrific results. Uh huh. Right. Uh huh. You know, and and Hermione warned that Hermione was herself warned of that exact same thing by McGonagall. Sure. But then, and this is where a lot of people have problem with Cursed Child as a whole. It, the time travel that happens in Prisoner of Azkaban, it appears that time does not actually change. Right. That's my that's my impression. Everything only happened once. We just saw it from two different points of view. But in Cursed Child, you're saying that that's not the case. Well, it's certainly not the case because time definitely changes. That's correct. The central mm-hmm. conflict of the story really is right. that. And 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 here's my thing along those lines. I think that. And this is where maybe some people go, oh, that's all fan fiction-y. The, it, it, the play, because it's a play, it's almost like a little, a little show, almost like Puppet Pals. Let's just put everything in there. We need every character in there. We need every this in there. We need some nice surprises in there. We've got to have Snape in there. We've got to have this in there. I almost got that impression. It was like, okay, if we tell a story this way, we can use time travel to bring Umbridge in. Oh, people will love that, you know? And so it's like a whole different focus. It's, it's the idea of we want to get we want to make we want to make surprises so we can all keep the secrets and and not necessarily 
uh, even if it makes any kind of canon sense. We just want to make sure that Snape is in there somehow. Well, if we use time travel, Snape can be in there. If we want to have, if we have time, if we have time travel change things, you know, make actual changes, then we can have Snape still be alive. And, and I almost think that was their driving force, not whether it's logical or scientific. Uh, I can get you that, but also, I mean, every story has to have a law of physics, whether or not somebody thinks about it or not, right? I mean, uh, we've talked before about the physics of magic on in the Harry Potter's world. Things oh, sure. do yeah. have an order, even if she didn't mean for them to, right. they inherently get an order just because they exist. Right, um, in the same way that there is a timeline, whether or not at first she wanted there to be one, just by simply writing the books and filling out all sorts of background information, it created a historical record, a timeline, whether she intended it or not. Exactly. Same sort of a thing, yeah. So, from that perspective, you know, my personal... You know, this, I mean, my big thing has always been, in every fandom, I want something to make sense. Mm-hmm. And, and perhaps this is the part that other people will hate. I will make it make sense. That's kind of the way my brain works. Uh-huh. Um, so, for me, it's like, okay, well, let's, it happened. It's in the story. How did it happen? Right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And so that's where, I mean, yeah, okay, maybe my article is a little, you know, I come up with some convoluted theories, but realistically, isn't that what all of our essays do? We come up with convoluted theories. Well, they do. Plus, if you talk about time travel, you have no choice but to make convoluted, you know, I mean, that's just the nature of that sort of thing. It's going to be that way. Right. Because time travel is just, by its very definition, gets messy. I mean, exactly. And I think... Personally, if I were to take these two theories of time travel, the theory of time travel presented in Cursed Child, where changing time can change time, and the theory of time at the end of Prisoner of Azkaban, where you cannot change time, I'm sorry, the former makes more sense to me. That mm-hmm. you, If you can travel through time and in some way interact with, the, with your past, uh-huh. you have to be able to change time. Okay. Time does not make sense if you cannot change it because that No, you'd just be watching a movie. Exactly. Uh now if time travel is created that lets you experience history without actually being interacting with it, then sure mm-hmm. that that would Sort of like going back in a pensive. Right, exactly. Sure. If you could, you know, and realistically pensives are a form of time travel. Yeah, uh, they are. Yeah. Only you're invisible and you can't interact with people. Exactly. So. Because sure. uh, especially because they're they're more accurate even than the memories would suggest. But go on, yeah. So, it, but if you can in some way interact, if you are going to the past and you are freeing Buckbeak and 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 Sirius, mm-hmm. then I'm sorry, you have changed time. Whether or not you experience the change the first time or not, mm-hmm. you cannot preclude changing time for the sake of saying that, well, he didn't change time. Well, I mean, he did. He did change time. The question is when. Uh. So then the, then here's the question. Uh, once we, I mean, and we could just go into all sorts of convoluted discussion about this, but yeah. so they get to Godric's Hollow okay. and Harry, Voldemort is going to attack um, the Potters 
Mm-hmm. And they, of course, we watch it happen, which is dramatic because that's what you do with plays. You make them dramatic. But um, is that, do we say that they were there all the time and we just didn't know it? They were in the church? Well, the way I would choose it, I mean, we talked about whether or not there's between five and eight timelines, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in the final timeline, they were always there. Mm-hmm. Whether they were always there in the first place, I, they couldn't have been. But, because it's uh, a different timeline. Because we've already seen in the story, we've already seen the timeline change, uh-huh. right? Sure. You know, if if you can mess time up and you can quote unquote fix time by uh-huh. changing it again, uh-huh. the well, first of all, the fixed timeline is not the original timeline. Well, but see, okay, that is where I think if you would talk with you know John Tiffany and Jack Thorne and J.K. Rowling about this, they would say, "Oh no, when it's fixed, it's back to the way it was." It's back I think to the way it was in any way that matters, but it's not but, back but to the way I, it was. But, but I think that they think of it that way. And they, well, want us, they, they expect us to think of it that way. I think they just see it as, okay, when the fix happens, now everything is fine. Almost like an actual, like somebody had damaged the, the videotape and it's been spliced and everything's good. That's the impression I get is that that's what they think. And when they go back and fix it again... Rather than, and I know they do create a new timeline. I get that, but I don't think they're thinking of it that way. I think they think of it as taking a piece of you know videotape and and taping it back together when when something got damaged. I think that's what they're, that's the way they think of it. And if if you think of it that way, it does make it even though it doesn't make sense in our way because we tend to think about time travel things, but it does help. I think the average reader to understand the book better if they just don't have to go into that. Don't you think? Um. Sure. I disagree. Yeah. But <laughs> well, I, I know you disagree because I don't think that you can make yourself not care about that. But no, I think that most because, readers... I mean, clear, okay, so let's let's just take the first task, for example. Uh-huh. Um, so, Albus and Scorpius go back in time and they encounter Hermione. Uh-huh. Right? And yeah. they cast a spell trying to prevent... Um, Pre- prevent Cedric from from succeeding in his task. Right. Mm-hmm. When when they go back, when a much larger group goes back again to fix that, they don't prevent Scorpius and Albus from meeting Hermione. Right. They only stop their. You know, they block the guy's spell. They block mm-hmm. Albus's right. Albus's uh, spell. Right. They're in a different place. The Albus and Scorpius, from who went back in the first place, are still there, still trying. They're casting the spell, casting the spell, and they are gone. casting another spell. So there is now a new, in there's a necessarily new timeline where there are two Scorpiuses back there, one Albus, a number of other people that shouldn't have been there, mm-hmm. right? Just their presence inherently changes time. Now, sure. the argument in the corrected timeline is that this corrected timeline is one where any change from them being there is mitigated by the fact that nothing in consequence actually happened. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but the, and I would say that we know of because who knows who may have disappeared or you know in this in the brief time that we've had to visit to to see them right. afterwards we don't know that they wouldn't find something that was changed i but mean i i find it interesting that i mean if hermione still encountered albus and scorpius wearing durmstrang robes mm-hmm. and was still i mean if you read that first time they go back 
she's clearly suspicious of them, regardless of whether or not they actually do anything. That suspicion alone is going to cause some sort of change in timeline. Now, if nothing happens, you could argue, well, she just forgot about it. But Hermione, don't, Hermione doesn't forget yeah. things. <laughs> I mean, right. I mean, she's okay. Her, so, but, okay, let's yeah. let's because we're running, we're actually running short on time already. Yeah. Let's talk about something else entirely. Okay. Do you buy? Do you buy the Delphi being the daughter of her, of Voldemort and Bellatrix? What I've choose to believe is that she. <laughs> I like it. I like your choose to believe. You're, I can tell you're you're trying to make it work. I got, again, I make things work. Okay. The play never specifically says that she is the daughter of Voldemort. Uh-huh. She believes herself to be the daughter of Voldemort because uh-huh. Rodolphus told her so. Uh huh. Okay. Interesting if Rod- point. Rodolphus told her that she is the daughter of Voldemort. Um. Well, Rod- and if you and if you look it up on the lexicon, it says she's the daughter of, like, of Voldemort. Oh, isn't the, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm wondering if I need to change that entry. So that's an interesting point. She, she that is true. She believes herself to be to the daughter be of Voldemort. The daughter of Voldemort. Oh, but she, she might not be. She's getting this information secondhand from a guy who himself is a little bit nuts. Um, so that's true. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. That's an interesting thing. So now, okay. I really, and, and I will tell you this. I think it, you know, I joked about having to go and change the, the entry in the lexicon, but I think at least in the commentary at the bottom of the page, we should mention that. Yeah. That, you know, the her actual, her actual bio, biography is not known. All yeah. we have is her word, and she, all she knows is what some weirdo told, you know, told her. Right. So that is interesting. That she may not actually, she might actually not have any. She does speak parcel tongue. She does speak parcel tongue. That is that is definitely a uh, reason to believe that she might be telling the truth. But then so truth. did Ron. So <laughs> sure he did. Well, <laughs> okay. Uh, like a tape recorder can speak parcel yeah, tongue, right. I suppose. Although right. she speaks it and can clearly understand it, which is a different thing, I suppose. So I mean, maybe uh-huh. she is, but. I find I find the timing difficult. That's the I mean, I uh-huh. don't necessarily yeah. find have a problem with the idea that Voldemort would have had a daughter. I don't even necessarily have a problem with the theory that Voldemort would have had a da- Voldemort would have had a daughter with uh Bellatrix because she clearly would have liked that. Um yeah, I you know, my big problem is I just can't imagine and I've, I I cannot imagine him doing that. Well, that's assuming. I mean, I, mean I, I hate to say that, but I can't imagine him having those needs, and he would have no logical reason to do it, in my opinion. Assuming he did it, right? I mean, but, what's yeah, to say if that it was there, true. Well, no. I mean, what's to say there isn't a magical form of artificial insemination? Oh. But again, why? Why would he do it? What would be his motivation to even again, do that? If he unless it was unless it. it was, yeah. Oh, okay. I could totally see Bellatrix stealing some some DNA sample from him so that she could make a little a little Voldemort. Oh, okay. That's just really twisted and weird. And Bellatrix is not really twisted and weird. I mean, uh, okay, I'll grant you that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I could totally see Bellatrix. 
you know, there being uh-huh. some spell for artificial insemination and she's stealing from the Dark Lord because she wanted a piece of him. Um, oh, because okay. she would. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, well, but, okay, then let me ask you this, because I love this idea that she might not actually be. But do you think that rolling, etc., kind of intends for her to be? Um, your, your point about the parcel tongue makes it difficult to argue. Mm-hmm. Um, if it weren't for, I, I don't know why I wasn't thinking about the parcel. T- I mean, I obviously I read it a few times, but I, I don't know why that didn't occur to me. So, um, mm-hmm. that, that makes it but difficult. I, it does, uh, but it's still, it doesn't mean nobody, I mean, listen, I mean, people, sp- some people can speak parcel tongue. I mean, the Gaunts could all speak parcel tongue. So it's, and I realize they're, they're, that family's died out, but there may be other people around who can speak parcel tongue. It may be something which some not, people could. Something I where mean, it's not think as of it like this. Just... Think of it like this. If, if it may be something that is a, that's a genetic thing, some people can do it, and that had become, and those people, you know, oh, that must mean you're evil. Well, it might have been a self fulfilling prophecy in a way that those people kind right. of became evil because everybody assumed they were going to be. That's so. that's possible. So, you're, I mean, but but now we're getting tricky because, as far as we yeah. know, the only parcel tongues that have been around in uh, in our modern time were Voldemort and Harry. Um, but but couldn't. Speaking of which, why can Harry speak parcel tongue again? <laughs> and 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 why can didn't didn't Dumbledore speak parcel tongue? Uh, not that I can remember. Okay. All right. Okay, so now we've got this all tossed out there. We've had, <laughs> we, we have solved nothing. Okay, um, but uh, clearly we we're, we're going to have to have an episode twenty-one because <laughs> there's more to talk about. Right. Um, uh, and and uh, I I think if we go to episode twenty-one, I, I think what we want to do is try not to talk about time travel <laughs> because <laughs> you know what I mean. No, I, I mean no, because. Because fine, so I get it. I get it, Steve. There is so much more to talk about, but every time you and I both, once we get going, we're going to end up on the time travel. We uh, just are. So I think what we're going to have to do is this: we're going to have to uh, put this off for episode twenty-one. And what mm-hmm. we'll do in episode twenty-one is we will talk about Cursed Child again, and we will we will make a, a promise that we are trying going to try not to talk about time travel, but we will talk about things like other aspects of it like for example the how trolley the heck witch. did they how the heck yeah the trolley which how did they how did they have them swimming in the lake you know and and not having seen it uh, i i have no idea people who have seen it can probably just answer those questions but uh, uh, yeah. there's a lot of things that are going to be fun to talk about the trolley witch is is a is a lightning rod issue a lot of people are upset about the trolley i think are, it's awesome i, I but, like it too uh-huh. I, I, uh, you know, I, I was listening to uh, I have, your episode of Alohomora isn't up yet, but um, I was listening to the episode two hundred um, uh-huh. where and they got to the trolley witch, and boy, they they were they were definitely evenly split on that. And uh-huh. Two of them See thought it. two of them thought it was the stupidest thing, or quote the worst thing ever. And oh. <laughs> See, isn't that funny? I just thought it was cool. I, I, I thought oh, it was wow, good. that's fun. It uh, just didn't strike me as anything to like a like to to hang hang an argument on, but yeah, uh, no, it's a. I thought okay, it was and cool. now here we go. This is this is episode twenty one. We're gonna talk. We'll <laughs> talk right. about the trolley witch. Okay, <laughs> talk about the trolley so, witch. We'll talk about the um, yeah, the old folks here. home. Oh, oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Here we go. No, I want to. Okay, <sighs> deep breath. <laughs> 
Folks, there's a new Harry Potter book out, and the people at the Lexicon are going crazy. All right, then. So that is it for episode 20. Uh, okay. Uh, thanks again to Harry and the Potters for the use of the music that we, uh, we had put at the beginning at the end. Uh, Nick, uh, what's going on with you, and uh, how can people get in touch with you? Uh, well, they can. Uh, as far as how they can get in touch with me, they can uh, feel free to reach me on Twitter at, uh, at Nick Moline or on email at nick at hp-lexicon.org. And uh, as far as what I'm doing, um, as we said earlier, I've, I've got to get the uh, timeline system worked out. Um, but uh, also, I'm arguing with anybody who wants to argue with me about uh, Kershaw. <laughs> wow. Volunteering for arguments. Yes. So I will argue with you in the next episode on that. And in the meantime, I'll do what I can to help you with that timeline thing. <laughs> um, I'm going to be uh, basically uh, school started again, so I'll be uh, editing the lexicon, but also doing my job, which is teaching small children how to do theater. Uh, but uh, if you want to get a hold of me, steve at hp-lexicon.org. You can also just hit the feedback link that's under the uh, lexicon menu because that goes right to me as well. And I will try to get uh, uh, to answer back if you leave comments. People are leaving comments also on the on every single page on the new lexicon has a comment feature at the bottom in the commentary section. Feel free to toss a comment on there. We've been uh, I've been responding to some of those as well. I know some of the other editors do as well. So that's really cool. I've had one person put some beautiful stuff that they wrote and sent me in the feedback, and I actually ended up putting that into the commentary. So if you've got things that you'd like to say, add, uh, you know, that you think would be good commentary to go on a page, feel free to do so because when we make that comment live, that stays on there, mm -hmm. and that kind of becomes part of the commentary of that page. Um, so, uh, and do visit the Lexicon. H, uh, that's uh, www.hp-lexicon.org. And uh, let us know what you think. I hope you enjoy the site. But that about wraps it up for now. Um, this is Steve Vanderark of the Harry Potter Lexicon. Thanks for listening. <laughs>